I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast by the Takshashila Institution. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like bringing fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and Indian perspectives to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello, and welcome to All Things Policy. I'm Manoj Keval Ramani, and today I have with me my colleague Pratik Wagre, and we're going to be talking about the controversy surrounding uh, the information ecosystem in India with regard to the current COVID-19 crisis. And the controversy essentially is with regard to the government requiring, uh, asking uh, social media firms to delete some content, uh, which the government said was, uh, you know, an action taken in, in keeping in mind that it could create panic. Uh, or it was fake news. Um, but then there's been a whole sort of controversy around it because there's been lots of criticism of the government considering its priorities at this point of time. But let's sort of try and unpack this. Uh, so Pratik, first, uh, welcome to this conversation. Thank you, Pratik. So tell us exactly what's happened. From what I understand, that Twitter has be, had been asked to delete some tweets and that uh, led to some controversy. So just tell us exactly what's happened. Yeah, yeah. So let, let me give you a timeline of how things uncovered and how 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 we kept finding out things. Right? I think that's also interesting in the way people have reacted uh, to it. So uh, around the evening of 24th April, right, uh, Media Nama reported that Twitter had taken action against uh, 50 odd tweets, and they had disclosed this uh, to the Lumen database. Right now, the Lumen database is a voluntary project uh, run by the Berkman Klein Center uh, of Internet Society at Harvard. Right, uh, which includes uh, disclosures by companies like like Twitter, Medium, uh, YouTube, and uh, Wikipedia, a few others. Right, uh, it, it started off as something to monitor copyright uh, takedowns, but then it evolved into all sorts of uh, other requests as well. Right? And, and I'm stressing on that because this is this is a voluntary mechanism, right? Uh, and we found out just because Twitter happened to disclose this action, uh, and immediately the conversation became Twitter centric and how Twitter is complying with government orders, etc. And then it started slowly coming to light uh, the next morning that uh, you know other platforms had received uh, these orders too. right? Uh, and, and, and again, that's interesting because we, we found out about Twitter because they disclosed it. In the other case, we only found out because government sources happened to tell reporters uh, that they also sent orders to Facebook and Instagram. Right? Uh, and until till we're recording this on Monday, uh, right on 26th April, we still don't have confirmation explicitly whether uh, Facebook and Instagram actually went ahead and complied with the orders that, that they received. Right, so that that's still left to uh, to speculation. But what's happening with the conversation around this is that it's it's taking two forms. Right, one is one is completely centered on Twitter, saying that you know Twitter is is collaborating, etc. Or on the other hand, you have instances where there is just an assumption that all the platforms that uh, that got uh, these takedown orders have complied, uh, which we don't know for which we don't know for sure. Now it's possible that they all have, uh, but at this point, it, it's just something that's unknown. Okay, so w- what I'm reading is that essentially they uh, there were two days on which there are these fifty odd tweets around which, like you said, you know, this conversation is broader than Twitter, but at the moment we only know about Twitter. Um, yeah, and there are these two days on the twenty second of April and the twenty third of April where. There is a request to remove these materials. Uh, Twitter has complied with most of this, from what I understand. Um, 
is there any details available about the nature of these tweets? Because from what I understand, the government says that this is these were spreading disinformation or fake news, that terrible term, uh, and could potential had the potential to create panic. Is there any sort of information about what these tweets were? Yeah, yeah. So actually, the, the tweets. So the the mechanism that Twitter has instituted to deal with these kind of requests is that they just block. Uh, you know, they just withhold those tweets in certain countries, right? So if your user account is set to India, as the location of user account is set to India, you don't see these tweets. Okay. Uh, if it's set to the US or UK, uh, you still very much have access to these tweets. So these tweets can still be seen, right? Uh, and the sense that, uh, you know, for lo- looking at them, it's mostly been about uh, how the COVID-19 crisis is unfolding uh, in India, right? Uh, in some cases, you've had tweets from uh, verified accounts. Uh, you've had, uh, I think, uh, notably Pawan Khera, Congress spokesperson. Uh, mm-hmm. One of his tweets was, was taken uh, was actioned against, and he's gone to the extent of sending, uh, I believe, a submission to uh, to Ravi Shankar Prasad, asking for a direction that Twitter, you know, take back their action against uh, his tweets. Right. So we we do have a sense of uh, what, what it is. It, it's largely things that are critical of the way the government has handled. Uh, COVID-19 crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I believe the Indian Express also reported that in, in some cases there were, there also happened to be tweets that had photos and videos of the recent uh, Maoist uh, ambush in, in Chhattisgarh. I think some of those were concerned, but largely it's been about how the government has handled uh, you know, the, the second wave uh, of COVID-19. Okay, so uh, so we can see that obviously this is, there is obviously politics involved in all of this. And you see, you're seeing Twitter complying uh, with this what's been twitter's argument as to why they've complied do they do they did they deem these tweets as fake news disinformation uh, what under what logic have they complied yeah so the, they've got a policy which says that uh, look if the content in question is against the law in a particular country they will withhold it uh, from that country right and that seems to be the policy they've invoked in this case and you can infer that based on a their statements and the fact that they've just withheld them. They've not actually deleted those tweets or flagged them in in any way, right? But what we don't know is which laws uh, that you know were they supposedly in in violation of. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is unknown. That is something that uh, neither the government has said. Uh, in I, and I believe A and I put out a statement that is attributed to uh, to Metis. Even that doesn't specify which law they used. Mm-hmm. Uh, with law they believe was, was had, had been violated and neither has Twitter sent, it seemed to have indicated that in indicated that in any of the notifications uh, that they've sent to us, right? It, it's been a case of, you know, this was found, we just believe that this was uh, in contradiction with, with the law and etc. Okay, fair right? enough. So, so, the, it, so it, it, is, it, it is unknown. Uh, you can probably infer, right? and then this is this is speculation, uh, based on the, the fact that over the last year, a, a lot of action against social media posts, you know, for uh, quote-unquote fake news and spreading panic. Mm. Uh, typically, the Epidemic Diseases Act uh, and the National Disaster Management Act has been in, invoked. Uh, but we don't know for sure, right? And that is something that I've uncovered, the pattern that I discovered, as, you know, as, as I researched this for my newsletter week on week. Mm. Uh, but in this case, again, we don't, we don't know whether it was specifically, uh, specifically those that have been invoked, mm. uh, and again, you know, th- the way that uh, the blocking rules in the IT Act uh, work, uh, Section 69A, you know, the government is not obliged to disclose this information either. Okay, 
it's fascinating when you use the term you know quote unquote uh, spreading disinformation and uh, what was the other aspect that you said spreading disinformation and uh, creating, creating panic, panic. It, it, you know immediately yeah. that sort of brought to my mind there's a phrase that they use uh, in sort of chinese parlance when it comes to you know taking down social media content or uh, you know uh, when people are detained uh, for their online activity uh, there's a phrase that's used which is picking quarrels provoking trouble uh, and a lot of people last year uh, and even right now uh, were detained uh, under this sort of for why make for for this particular violation because of their activities whether it is activism on the ground or whether it is on social media but, uh, but and we'll come to that we'll come to the sort of broader implication of this but i want to sort of now go to try and understanding because we were having this conversation before we started recording about um, what some of these developments like you said over the last year there have been these cases and these this is the grounds that have been used to uh, take down or at least block social media content um and there may be cases where there is obviously a genuine uh, case of you know it being fake news it being disinformation there being a threat to social order or there being a threat you know the threat of create of panic and all of that which i understand but a, a large uh, largely this is really really murky territory in what does this tell us a little bit about and particularly when the when we are seeing social media organizations essentially complying with government demands what does this tell us about the future of governance of the information ecosystem in india where is this moving you were talking about a uh, like i said before we were recording you were talking about a framework uh, a three c's framework can you just first explain that framework yeah yeah so, so fair enough uh, and you know i apologize for going all consultant with three c's <laughs> uh hangover from i think a previous role <laughs> uh, so but so b- before before the three c's right so uh, one one way is to to imagine this is that and this is a modification of uh, jack balkin's triangle uh, of your know, free speech regulation uh, and it it's essentially you have, you know th- you picture an inverted triangle right uh, on the top left corner you have your you have your state infrastructure on the top right corner you have your uh, information intermediaries which in this case is mainly the social media platforms in some cases you can argue that uh, news publications also go there and this is where i dive, deviate from the uh, jack balkin's original triangle Uh, and at the bottom is where you have uh, your, your civil society groups, citizens, uh, your ordinary people, right? Uh, like like you and me. Yeah. Uh, and you know, in the information system, these three these three interact with each other uh, through what uh, you know academic definer dyad dyad, right? So you have citizens interacting with with the state, citizens interacting with the information intermediaries, and, and vice versa, right? They they take that dyadic approach uh, to it. Uh, and if you focus specifically on uh, the relationship between these information intermediaries or the social media companies uh, and the state, uh, there are you can, you can at that point where you can think of it as three C's that are that are available, right? Uh, in terms of how they interact with each other, mm. uh, one is cooperation, one is co-option, and the other is uh, confrontation, mm. right? Uh, and again, you know, fairly self-explanatory in terms of what 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 each of them. mean but you know and what we seen typically in india is that uh, most of the companies tend to fa- tend to stick to the cooperation or the or the co-option uh, model right or, the, or, the, or those methods now the, i think the the most uh, notable example of confrontation was re- was what happened with twitter recently uh, during during the farmer protests right 
there could be other instances where they just don't come to come to light publicly right uh, and, and i think it's important to call that out because not not everything always plays out uh, in, in the public sphere yeah uh, but it's still overwhelmingly it seems like uh, you know in most cases uh, corporations seem to take the uh, the corporation and and corruption route which is which is notable because it's also it seems to be uh, a divergence from the approach they take uh, in in the western world or what they did what, you know what facebook and google specifically how they responded to australia hmm. right uh, so th- th- there is that there is that divergence there right and it, and it, and and that's where it gets interesting and this is this is being noticed right uh, specifically in the academic circles i think they are looking very very closely at what's happening uh, uh, in, in india uh, and, and you know some have gone to the extent of saying that this is one of the defining battles for the future of internet speech right what yeah. happens between platforms uh, and 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 the indian state is going to be uh, a defining battle for uh, internet for the future of internet speech there's a fascinating component of all of this also and we saw this play out in the last year right uh, and predominantly from an american point of view but also in india um as much as the conversation in india has been predominantly focused on uh, how the state bears heavy on these enterprises and how these enterprises are essentially cooperating like you're saying right the state's trying to co-op them or is trying to coerce them and these enterprises eventually end up cooperating in one way or the other um, there's very little confrontation that we know about in public apart from the brief sort of farmers protest instance that you mentioned but in the west there's also been this scenario of uh, the idea that the state needs to do much more because uh, of the corporations ability to essentially uh, you know craft an information ecosystem and to push back against the state i mean the example being yeah uh, of you know twitter pulling off donald trump um yet there is tremendous amount of you know uh, verified people who publish insane amounts of propaganda whether it's uh, from china whether it's from other countries whether it's in america uh, and those there's, there's no action on them even in terms of how they impact the united states ecosystem so it's not like those guys are being blocked in the united states while they're not being blocked anywhere while they're being allowed to operate otherwise and that's yeah. the other thing right that you need to rein in the power of these corporations so that's the other narrative how does that fit into this framework yeah and, and that's where it gets really complex right because there is this uh, this growing consensus right uh, that you know these platforms need to be uh, need to be reined in and they you know we must make them uh, you know in courts bend to the rule of domestic law mm-hmm. right uh, which you you can certainly see that uh, see that perspective uh, but where it gets really complicated is that uh, a you know if 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 you force there's a very good chance that what you force the platforms to do will apply to the rest of the internet or will have a significant will have significant impact on the internet as a whole uh, right yeah. and secondly right uh, and you know if if you start thinking purely outside of the liberal order right if if, if you expand your thinking beyond that uh, it's also important to note that look domestic laws are not necessarily consistent uh, across the world Yeah. and even the same set of rules same set of laws can be implemented uh, very differently between a liberal government and an authoritarian government right and th- that that's where it gets uh, it gets really complicated uh, and and i think again you know this this is not cotton it's starting to get some attention that look what we force uh, corporation to do here does have an impact on the rest of the world you can sort of see that conversation 
starting to happen, but it it's not widespread enough. Uh, I think to counter the momentum that's already at work, right? Uh, to 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 rein them in, and and this is going to be, I think, a uh, a massive trade-off in the next in the next few years. Uh, that you know the community, the international community, will have to will have to figure this out, right? Because on the one hand, uh, th- there is uh, you know, there is a legitimate need to sort of to control these platforms to some extent, uh, but it's also important not to do that in a way that makes a lot of people around the world worse off than they are today. Yeah, I mean, this is a tricky challenge to sort of. This is a really, really tricky balance to sort of strike. Strike. Um, I wanted to uh, look at one more thing that I've noticed uh, within the sort of last week or so. Uh, actually, two things, but we'll get to them, each of them one by one. The first, and I don't know if you've been paying attention to this, uh, is uh, this whole controversy on social media with regard to uh, the delayed response from the United States to the crisis in India. Um, uh, I've been following it for the last one week uh, and the amount of uh, anger uh, that existed and uh, that played out on social media and in mainstream media. Um, and then in the last 24 hours to 48, uh, 40 to 24 hours where we've seen uh, initially statements by uh, Secretary of State Blinken and Jake Sullivan and then uh, that conversation between Jake Sullivan and Ajit Doval and then a statement of tangible US support. And now for the last 24 hours, I think we've seen basically a whole of government response, at least on social media from the US government from President Biden to the Defense Secretary to everybody. Uh, and that's sort of as to which some anger. But yet you're seeing, which I believe is fairly uh, inorganic activity, uh, you know, talking about how, oh, you've delayed and you've failed. Uh, and I was checking some accounts. Uh, and again, this is not a scientific study of a large sample, but some accounts I was checking on Twitter, which basically seemed like uh, they were not genuine accounts or at least they were created for a certain purpose. And those were constantly talking about, oh, but now you're delayed, now you're delayed, and now our trust is broken, and now our trust is broken. So without discounting the fact that there might be genuine frustration, and there is genuine frustration with you know, export restrictions and so on with the US, um, some of this seems inorganic. Uh, and it's sort of, uh, over the last 24 hours, while well, I've been working on you know, how the Chinese have been covering the crisis in India, I've noticed there's a lot of criticism of, you know, this is a lesson to India about how the Quad hasn't worked and the rest of it. And on, a, on the Chinese media ecosystem, I'm seeing a lot of content which talks about how, uh, you know, that statement by the State Department's net price about, you know, our job is to eventually, essentially uh, take care of Americans first um, has been played up. Lots of angry messages from Indians on social media has been highlighted over there. Have you been noticing any of this sort of being inorganic? Uh, while there is an organic element, which I can see, there seems to also be an inorganic element uh, in this. Yeah, so I so to be honest, I haven't specifically uh, focused uh, on on that aspect of it. Uh, but you know, there is again, and this is I think more from observation rather than uh, than any empirical analysis, right? Uh, there is almost certainly a uh, some sort of uh, concerted effort to uh, change the terms of the conversation, right? Whether it is uh, whether it's you know uh, pointing out that the US took too long to respond, or that we need to be positive and come together in the face of this uh, you know unprecedented crisis, uh, 
hmm. right? Uh, there is this uh, sort of shifting of uh, responsibility that that seems to be happening now. Again, it, it it's very hard to you know pinpoint in these scenarios that this is outright uh, yeah inorganic activity, hmm. uh, but you know you can draw an inference from the fact that it you know it seems to be a trend largely in the last 24 to 36 hours uh that there might have been some push uh push somewhere right uh, then so it's yeah I, I, you know i'm going to say it, so it it's hard to really say that this is definitely uh you know again again you know again in the, the way these ecosystems play out they they tend to feed off each other right you can have uh some elements of inorganic content then being picked up by people who are genuinely angry or genuinely feel that way yeah uh, and 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 then continuing to to amplify it right and then it goes into your media ecosystem uh, which in india is another uh, uh, it probably a couple of podcast episode worth of content uh, there itself right so yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, I just thought it was fascinating because uh, this is something that I was observing, and again, I've not done a in-depth analysis using data from the each of the accounts, but it seems like there are uh, there is an element of pushing that narrative, which, uh, I, like I said, there is an organic existence to it, of course, uh, because the frustration in the last one week was yeah. there. But uh, it's sort of uh, piggybacking on that to you know leverage certain political ends. Um, the other thing that I was noticing, which I've already mentioned, is that uh, you know, uh, and this is something that you know the Indian government also needs to, and subsequent Indian governments need to keep in mind, is that uh, the more you lean heavily towards curbing free speech, uh, the more you know without clear justification, and maybe there is a case for. you know robust rules and you know uh, again our judicial capacity is limited to it, for it to be involved in something like this eventually but it will eventually because these are sort of free speech aspects but uh, there is a case to be very very circumspect when you use such provisions to block uh, information because it allows uh, for a narrative also internationally particularly in states which uh, again like china uh, or russia where you know the governance framework is very different uh, our approach to free speech is very different it allows the narrative of look this is normal behavior uh, mm-hmm. you know because throughout the last year particularly when the crisis in china was going on you saw a lot of uh, information suppression um, and it allows the argument on that side that look this is how even so called democracies behave so why would you criticize us no and and i think that's that's certainly there and there's also you know to some extent a uh, a streisand effect component to it right uh, which is that this act itself uh, garners so much attention that it seems like it's counterproductive uh, in in the short term yeah right uh, but, there, but there's also you know in in my i guess overly pessimistic view there's another way of looking at it mm-hmm. which is that you know it, it it's not that time is going to stop with this internet right there there will be there will be future avenues uh, for such action uh, and in that case uh, you know uh, the impulse is likely to be look let's do what whatever we can to uh, suppress this information from going out uh, at all yeah right uh, which is you know this this time you know I, i'll go back to the voluntary disclosure that that twitter made right so this we you know we may not have found out uh, if uh, you know if if twitter hadn't disclosed this Uh, so next time, why don't we find a way to make sure that Twitter doesn't disclose it? Right? Because it it it's voluntary. There there are there are potentially ways to 
tightened in our screws that uh, the commitment to that disclosure uh, becomes shaky. Yeah. Right? So it's uh, because and, and the reason I'm bringing this out is because there is some you know there's a, there's a lot of criticism that oh look this is backfiring this is you know Streisand effect is kicking in you've drawn more attention uh, to it and while that is true and you know I don't think the international attention is going away uh, anytime soon uh, you it's also dangerous to assume that that you know just getting that attention in itself is going to be enough or is going to be enough to cause corrective uh, to, to result in corrective behavior yeah right uh, because the the impulse can very easily be to double down the other way yeah yep no absolutely absolutely that makes that makes sense all right so this has been a fascinating conversation and i think it's really important uh, as we move ahead and as we see more such instances uh, which i'm sure we will see uh, it's important to keep in mind the framework that firstly you've spoken about because it allows for clear thinking on how one can understand what's happening uh, but also uh, i think it's really important for governments and uh, you know systems uh, in india to sort of prioritize free speech uh, because that is uh, a critical component of uh, you know uh, our society and i think we should be cherishing that uh, rather than camping down on that right with that we'll call it a day uh, thank you so much prateek all right thanks the takshashila institution is an independent non-partisan think tank and a school of public policy we have education programs lasting one semester and one year that are tailored specifically for people like you they are all online and you can take them from anywhere admissions are now open for our 12 week graduate certificate program in public policy defense and foreign affairs technology policy and health and life sciences visit takshashila.org.in/courses to find out more if you liked our show don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the ivm network you can tune into them on the ivm podcast app ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts you can also follow ivm on social media the handle is at @ivmpodcasts on twitter facebook and instagram and hey if you'd like to dive into takshashila's research on technology strategy and economic affairs check us out at our twitter handle at @takshashila_inst or our website takshashila.org.in